0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you wanna hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus, so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: I wanna start with, uh, oh, it's probably my favorite area in the Bible around Christmas time, the promises that we've already sung about and heard about and that you will continue to hear about. You will walk away knowing this verse today. But it's in Matthew 1, verse 20. It says that uh, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid uh, to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you will name him Jesus. Or Yeshua, was... What they call it which means salvation uh, for he will save his people from their sins and all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet look the virgin will conceive a child she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us Man, this is good news this is the the wonder of Christmas is that before this moment, before Jesus put on flesh, God put on flesh and stepped into our scene full-time, that people had a thought about God. They had plenty of thoughts about Him, but they all tend to revolve around that God is a way out there, that He is aloof, that He is distant, that He's probably angry, and if we tick Him off enough, He'll get involved. You know, like kind of Dad in the car going, don't make me come back there. You know that Dad's around, but you don't want Him to come back. <laughs> Yeah, And they had these thoughts about him. About he was, he was up in heaven, far away, looking down, going, last time I came, I brought a flood with me. Last time I got involved, this look at what I did. Last time I got involved, I came down and smack on the wrist. And so plenty of opinions were around God saying, really, why don't you stay in heaven? And stay up there with all the good things that might come with you, but there's also a bit of fear around that. And Jesus, when He came in and put on flesh, stepped into our world, all of a sudden a lot of these thoughts began to change. That He was the embodiment of the Father in heaven. That He was the very presence, the physical uh, expression of who God was. And guess what? God was no longer distant. God was no longer aloof god was no longer just angry and there was a bit of fear and a little bit of hope entangled in going maybe if he comes in but hopefully he doesn't it's like when someone's prophesying you're like i'd love to get a prophecy unless it's calling me out of my sin (laughs) he started to change a lot of these things his arrival began to reveal more about who god really is not who they thought he was and this is the same for us now, I still hear a lot of thoughts about who God is. I go, hang on, you don't need to, to guess anymore. We've had the embodiment of who God is. Does, does your opinion look like Jesus looked? Does our thoughts of who God is and what He does and what He wants, does, does it line up with the, the embodiment, the expression, the example of who God is in the person of Jesus? And so all of a sudden they had to wrestle with what they were seeing and what they had thought before uh, because this was one of the biggest shifts in the faith is that god is no longer just out there he's not removed from our story but in fact he stepped into it full time when jesus was born he's not going away and so with the birth of jesus this is what we realize that he is right here right now that the message of well, of Christmas is this bold declaration that he's not a million miles away, but he is involved, he is I- interested, he is active, and he is engaged with our lives. This is what Christmas is it's, it's not, not about gift giving, it's not about tinsel and all these things that my inner Grinch really could go wild here right now, but it's not about those things. It, it, is, it is just in the face of the whole world. It's, it all celebrates it they can masquerade it in however they want it to be masqueraded and we can fill ourselves with all of the wonderful food but at the end of the day christmas is an in-your-face reminder to the world that jesus is here with us yeah. in fact when we look it's split history into two sections hasn't it the birth of jesus is there's bc before christ and ad which i can't remember the phrase it's latin but it doesn't mean after death because there'd be 33 years that are just like in no man's land there's this Latin phrase which translates to year of the lord And I love this because right now, this is the end of the 2022nd year of the Lord. How cool is that? That there was a time in history that was before Christ and we have not exited that time of history that is the year of the Lord yet. In fact, if we look at the biblical story, you see the New Testament, we know that there was a time before Jesus, there was a time with Jesus, that he died on the cross, rose again, has given us the Holy Spirit. And if you flick to the back of the Bible to see how it ends, we've got Revelation. And I haven't seen the world ending yet. I haven't seen Revelation taking place. So guess where we fall? Smack bang in the middle of the New Testament. We are living the continuation of the book of Acts right now. The Acts of the Apostles are still continuing. If we are a follower of Jesus, guess what our life is the continuation of? This is the book of Acts. We are in the 2022, about to enter the 20, 2023 year of the Lord. This is the biggest thing around Christmas. When we celebrate New Year's, it's not like, thank goodness the last one's gone and hopefully this one is better and I hope that it is and that's, that's fantastic. But it's, it's a celebration of going, it is another year of the Lord that he is with us. See, I know that when you're in a situation where you're struggling, you're in pain, you're hurting, your kids are being kids, uh, people are being people, you know, all those really frustrating moments you've been given a bad phone call or you've just had to receive bad news. It's not, it, when you're in these situations, you are not thankful for a God that has hope and healing and power and grace and mercy way out there. And gosh, I just hope that one day I might be able to get his attention. But here is the good news for us is that we have a God that is filled with power and grace and peace and joy and He is very, very present. In those times where we're just going, I don't know what to do. I I need a comforter right now. It's not, I need someone that has comfort a thousand miles away. But we can be grateful. I want us to bring it back. When you've got kids crying in the middle of the night and you don't know what to do, can I remind you that God is with you there? when you are waiting for your miracle, when you're waiting for the healing to come and you know, hang on, my healer is here with me, but while I go through this moment, I'm not going through it alone, that I have someone with mercy and peace who is walking alongside me. Not out there. The good news of Christmas is that he is here with us right now. And see, Christmas shows us that God is not just setting a test for us, but he's the one sitting it with us. So whenever you're going through a thing, going through a testing time, a long season a short moment whatever it might be and you feel like oh god what are you doing what are you trying to teach me what are you doing like ask those questions but then come back to the whole god you are sitting this with me you're not setting it and seeing how i perform the test is there and you are sitting this one with me for my god is with us you're not imposing this pressure you're with me during the pressure so I love, I've got a lot of verses this morning. I cut a lot out, but there's still hoops. So you can follow along the Bible, verse, uh, Bible app if you want. Sorry, this, there's like excess firework up here <laughs> from a party during the week. <laughs> hey. But Matthew 28, you know this one, the Great Commission says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Well, that's good, we know that. But it's helpful to know what, if he's been given the authority and he's with us, that, well, that changes games. Right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And while you're doing that, be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You're not going to run out of this God season, this God time. You're not doing that. While you are going about this discipleship life, that Jesus is with us. I think sometimes we go, when I'm on, on mission, when I'm, well, I'm out there trying to, to reach people, when I'm praying for people, when I'm wanting to make disciples, I'm kind of on it by myself and then I go back and it's like the, the puppy bringing the paper back to the front door. Like, are you proud of me? I tried. I did it. No, but he says, while you are going about and doing those things, guess what? I am with you. Now, doesn't that change the way we approach discipleship? Doesn't that change the way that we look at our role in the mission that God has got us here on, to see this world come to know Him? If we were out there by ourselves trying to convince people, well, sure, well, that's, that's terrifying, that's pressure. But if we are going out with Jesus, who He says, I've been given all authority, and I'll be with you every, every step you take, there I am with you. Come on, we, all of a sudden, we've got this different confidence. We should have this different confidence about disciple-making. This different kind of, kind of uh, awe around us <clears throat> when we're going about our daily lives going, you know what, today could be the day someone comes to know Jesus. Why? Not because I'm exceptional at this, but because who I'm going with is pretty good at this thing. Then He's with me as I'm going about making disciples. Revelation 21, there's a glimpse into the future that shows God's desire to be with us fully. He says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among His people. He will live with them, and they will be His people. God Himself will be with them. Poor Psalms 23, you know this one, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why won't we fear? Well, it says, for you are with me. You're and right the staff, they comfort me. That while I'm out serving God, and while I'm out living my life, I know that God's desire is for me, and it's to be with me, and it's to dwell amongst us for the rest of our days. And even when I'm in a, in a moment of fear, even when I'm in a moment of weakness, in a moment of sin, in a moment of shame and of pain, I know that, come on, my God is with me. I can keep going through this valley. Here, the promises, the picture that God is painting us and Christmas is that reminder of Jesus saying, hey, I'm not just going to be here theoretically. And I'm not just here metaphorically. I'm not just kind of there in fairy dust form or Casper the friendly ghost is cheering you on from behind that I am here in the valleys and on the mountaintops and I will not leave nor forsake you. Yeah, so good. This is a promise of God. This is the story of Christmas, which I think is fantastic because I know that when I'm feeling the presence of God or not, and there's plenty of times and I'd say more often not than am. Anyone else? Now, you, there's some very spiritual people here going, no, I'm floating 24-7. <laughs> but there are times, you see people go, oh, you can feel the presence of God over here. And I go, maybe I should go stand over there. He <laughs> just didn't quite waft over this side. But even when I'm not feeling it, I'm confident of the fact more now than ever that it doesn't matter about my feelings. I'm not going to trust my feelings. I know that God is with me. So much of my life I've depended on whether I was, had a strong devotional life that week, a strong prayer life that week to whether anything would be effective in God's kingdom for, for the weekend. Did I have a lot of good prayer this week? Oh, well, probably, oh, if someone asks me for prayer, I go, you know what? I've been a bit of a dirty sinner lately. This probably won't work. Oh, I don't know. Or I start praying anyone else, you kind of get under the pressure of praying for someone and you realise, I don't know how words fit together anymore. I used to know, and all of a sudden now it feels like there's a whole lot of pressure because if this person doesn't get healed because I said the wrong words in the wrong combination, and then, and so you're just like, Lord, have Your way, right? (laughs) I can I can get those words put together, and I would have this kind of fear of praying, going, well, this probably won't work because it sounds silly. That wasn't a powerful prayer. to listen to other people pray and go, well, no wonder everyone gets healed when they pray. Did you hear that? So I think Jesus put His hand up at the end of their message, like how clever, like they're just so powerful and eloquent and have the right things. And, but then all, like it just starts to, to click more and more when we get this understanding of who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit in us is. It's going, it's not about my performance, it's about His presence that is powerful. And all of a sudden the pressure starts coming off me going, how do I make disciples? I don't know, but He's with me while I'm doing it. And how do i go through a low valley season how do i go through this pain or this hopelessness or a season of anxiety or whatever it might be and go well i'm not entirely sure i've got ideas but i know that god will be with me while i'm going through if i need to pray for the sick, oh, i don't really know how to well guess what you've never healed a person and you never will it's only by the power of god that they'll be healed now people will be saved only not because of your eloquence eloquent speeches even paul says hey i didn't convince you with eloquent speeches to come into the kingdom it was only by the grace of god so come on church we need to get past this whole like have i read the bible enough this week for god to maybe shine his face upon thee <laughs> to see me blesseth forever and ever amen those things are great but they're not the goal to be with him to be like him come on that is our goal yeah. and we should be more and more aware of this as we grow in our faith as we go every single day of going lord i'm so glad it's not how i perform but it's just the fact that you are with me that makes all of the difference so you love this verse in joshua 1 verse 9 it says have i not commanded you to be strong and courageous Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. In fact, don't be afraid is the most given command in the Bible. It's as if he thinks that we'll have a problem with it (laughs) and always have. And I would suggest that if God turned up and was having a conversation with you, most of you, if not all of you, I reckon that phrase might come out. It's just going, don't be afraid. He goes on and said, well, why? Why shouldn't I be afraid? He said, well, for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go keeps bringing this point back of going, don't just like suck it up, stop being scaredy cat. He says, don't be afraid. Let me remind you who is going with you. And when you have a little Jesus following you, well, sure, carry on and continue being afraid. But when you have the real Jesus, when you have the living, almighty King of kings and Lord of lords walking with you, well, now you understand why he's saying, stop being afraid. Do you know who it is who's going with you? Come on, let's be strong and courageous. Wherever you go, I like that he puts that in here as well because it's not just, oh, where, when you go to church, there I'll be with you. When you're reading your Bible in the secret place, I'll be there with you. While you're walking on a prayer walk, I'll be with you. But this is when you're binging that Netflix show, I'm there with you, you know? when when you are in the midst of that thing you really hope God's not there with you I'm there with you (laughs) when you're in that conversation that you kind of just lucky mum's not here you know God is there with you still and I'm thankful for this because I'm glad that he's not just waiting at the door for me to get it all together and go okay we done now you got it out of your system yeah okay well we're gonna be better now aren't we But that tends to be how we see how this life kind of walks with God. He's going, of course God is here. There's some spiritual people around. Thank goodness, right? We go, maybe I'll like mooch somewhere there. Goodness. But he says, hey, wherever you go, I'll be with you. When you make a mistake, I'm not gonna stand back and go, well, back here. Come on. Well, off you go. See you later. But God is far more interested in you than you think he is he's far more interested in, in the process in the transformation in the outcome because his kingdom depends largely on it and wherever you go isn't this good news that he comes with us so many stories you can see the company that jesus kept reveals <laughs> that he was not just waiting at the door for people to pull it together <laughs> that there he was with it i had um, this idea of being strong and courageous no matter where we go I had a, uh, a miniature sausage dog, a little dash hound, as I was growing up, named Penny, with an undershot jaw, so her tongue stuck out all the time, and she was fat. Um, and so it was just like this, going, I don't wasn't the best day when you were made. <laughs> like, you just missed a few pieces. But we liked her. Uh, she loved us and she hated most, nearly everything else. Uh, but she really loved us. And, and as long as you were kind of with her, everything was, was fine. And so we went to this family farm once. I remember this as a teenager. Family farm opened the door and she saw a threat out there. There was this yard full of bulls and all sorts of things. And so she's like, oh, here we go. Jumped out. I stepped out of the car with. She looked at me and just charging at these balls. And we're like, well, it was nice to have a dog. <laughs> and just one of them just did the, as, as Penny got a bit closer and she stood there. I'm and, and like, wow, what a dumb dog. And all of a sudden she must popped into her mind going, yeah, we'll take you, we'll take, we'll, we'll. Because I just was seeing a conversation <laughs> way back at the car. And it's like she clicked going, oh no, I'm by myself and all of a sudden backed up, sprinted, ran, little legs, biggest jump of her life to land back in the Prado, right there, other side of the car. Like, if she could, she'd put a seatbelt on, I reckon. But <laughs> she just flipped out, but she was full of confidence when she thought I was with her. She's like, yeah, we'll take you on. You don't know who you're messing with. you just, oh, no. But full of confidence. It was no, like, just stupidly as well, none, unearned. But full of this. And I, I think of that going, here we go is this confidence, his boldness, his lack of fear was all regarding of who was in her company. It was completely in support of, well, as long as he's here with me, we'll probably take you on. And yet as Christians, I think we often forget who it is that is with us, and well, we let that determine the kind of battles that we, we take. We let it determine the way that we go into a workplace. We let it change the way that we interact with all sorts of things, when we see a, a situation, I like, had this the, the other day, just a bit of pain, and going, oh, geez, that's annoying, that's a, geez, that hurts, that's a bummer, and my first thought was, oh, I'll go, maybe I'll find someone, someone godly to pray for me. And I just had that moment of going, well, who do you think's with you? Oh, that's right. Not my little, little Jesus that's sometimes capable and every now and then powers up for something spectacular, but I just took a moment to remember who it was that was with me. That put it into perspective. And not that we should run charging into a, well, a cranky bull, stupidly with someone who doesn't help, but knowing that God's presence in our lives, well, we should be strong and courageous. Understanding, come on, oh, it's not a second rate, it's not a miniature version, but it's the Lord Almighty. And really all of our issues of it's the lord almighty versus something that he created something that is much smaller and more insignificant than he is and often we let that determine who it is we walk with so god is with us right in all of these moments we should walk differently because he is and we see throughout the bible that as we believe and as we respond in such a way that we receive his very spirit in our life by faith paul says this in galatians 2:20 it says i've been crucified with christ and i no longer live but it's christ who lives in me the life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me see i like this it says i live by faith in the Son of God. This, this doesn't mean, oh, Christ's in me. I'm on autopilot. I'll never have a bad thought. I'll always have a smile on my face. I'll float throughout life. Zap, 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 healings everywhere. Like No, and we're not on autopilot. It says, hey, no, we live by faith in the Son of God, yeah. which means that it's no longer I that I am only considering. I am no longer the sole dictator of my life. I have a king to consider everywhere I go. I live by faith in the Son of God. I live by faith knowing that the Son of God is here with me. No longer I, but it's the Spirit of Christ that lives within me. So I consider what that means. I consider it constantly. This is what he's saying. Hey, it's no longer me that is King of my life, but it's just Christ that lives in me. And I'll live, I'll walk every day, every moment by faith in the Son of God who is with me. So I think sometimes we, we just hope that if I say a prayer, the next day I'll wake up and all of a sudden everything, all my desires, all my flesh, all of that is completely surrendered. I'll be good at praying. I'll remember words. I'll know Greek for some reason and just whoa, fairy dust and there I am. No, but it's not autopilot. It's all of a sudden, this is why you added it here, going, come on, we live by faith now. We live knowing that he is with us. We live knowing that there is a king to consider. We live by faith knowing who he is and what he's done and how that needs to impact every single day of our life. If he was far away and distant, well, let just carry on. But here is the revelation that it's not, that he is with us. See, so often I feel like this guy in the Bible, Zacchaeus, <clears throat> it's in Luke 19, and I'll give you the summary, but it will flick up on the screen Zacchaeus was this tax collector but a very short one he went to see Jesus when he was in town but he couldn't get past the crowd so he climbed up a tree and was happy there he wanted to see Jesus but then Jesus got a, a glimpse of him and said hey I'm coming to your house Zacchaeus get down from the tree let's go hang out and in that conversation we see a transformation happen pretty quickly within Zacchaeus that he decided, decided to give much of his fortune away and repay all of the debts that or that he had probably accrued uh, from (laughs) nefarious uh, actions. But here it is, I constantly feel like Zacchaeus in the first half of the story where I will be happy from just being a spectator. This is probably as close as I'll get to God. You know, I'm happy sitting and watching. I'd love to see more. I want to, like, God, what are you doing? Oh, it's so cool to see that. So cool to be in your midst. It's so good just to be in the presence of God. And then we go, wow, that was really nice, wasn't it? It was so cool to see Jesus. Like, like, I saw someone who I highly regarded the other day. I haven't shut up about it. Just I saw them. And that's sometimes what we're like with, with our faith is going, oh, guess what? This is a really cool moment that I saw with God. And I had this really cool experience in the presence of God one time. And that was so good. I can't wait for the next time that Jesus might pass by and I can get in a tree and, and spectate and see it. But the, the invitation that Jesus offered there is one that I felt him just regularly have to give me. And I feel that it's the same invitation that's on the table for every single one of you and not just today, it's on the table every single day. It's going, it's time to get out of the spectating tree. I want to be with you. It's, no not okay anymore just to to watch from afar and wait for me to pass by and go wow wasn't that a cool experience wasn't that a great revelation i can't wait until that person prays for me again i can't wait until those moments happen again i just wish they sung that song because that was such an amazing song but understanding come on he's he's saying get down from the distant tree and come back come close i want to be with you will you be with me don't be a distant Christian. Be someone who walks daily with, not, not waiting for the next moment. And we need to stop really believing and living as if, well, he passes by sometimes. No, and we just carry on waiting for the next glimpse, waiting for the next revival meeting, waiting for the next worship night, waiting for the next kind of encounter opportunity and realize that, hey, if God is with me, every day is an encounter day. Yeah. That he is inviting me, get down from the tree duck. Stop just watching, I've got something for you today. Go, yes, that's fantastic, God, but right now I'm at work. And he's like, great, and if you get down out of your work tree, you'll see that I've got something for you in work today. Oh, that's good, but I'm just oh, man, on holidays and I just need to switch off. He's like, great, if you get down from your holiday tree, your spectating tree and just waiting, hoping for something to happen, guess what, I've got something for you in today, in your holidays. And we see it goes even further in John 1. He says, uh, this is about Jesus. He was in the world, and uh, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not even recognize Him. He came into which was His own, and His own did not receive Him. Yet to all who receive Him, those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, children born of not natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory in the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth See in verse 11 they will leave it up it says i think in some ways this is the saddest verse in the whole bible is that god went to his own home god went to his own people but they had no welcome for him they rejected him as a whole they didn't respond according to his presence and so they missed out It went to his people. He's like, hey, I'm home. Here I am. You've been waiting for this moment. You've been writing about it and singing about it and needing it and and hoping for this to kind of take place. And guess what? Here it is. And they rejected him. They didn't recognise him. His own people who wanted to have him. To go further, we see in verse 14, there's there's that word dwelling. Other translation says lived. He dwells among us. This is the same, it has the same root word that goes back, um, that we get the word tabernacle from. <clears throat> the tabernacle was thing in the Old Testament. It's still at that time as well. Uh, the tabernacle where where God's presence would reside and they would move it depending on where the people of God were going. And that's where God's presence was. That's where the holy encounters were. That's where, where kind of you get into if you want to experience or hear from God and if you're allowed to go in there as well. And so they use this same word here it says this is a holy place and john uses this word on purpose to explain that as much as god's presence was there in the tabernacle the holy place for holy moments that the very presence of god is now dwelling among his own people it's the same thing that they would go oh i wish i could get into that tent one day it's like well you don't need to here he is and they go no i don't reckon i don't want that i want just the tent things and now for us, with the Holy Spirit, He's dwelling within us. And, and sometimes we, we minimize that and maximize some other encounter. We minimize the fact that, hey, the same word that He uses for tabernacle is the same word of that He dwells within you now. Is that the fullness, the, pres- the fullness of God. It's not the wish.com version of God. It's not the, the second, like, it's not getting this off marketplace. This is not... Not the second-hand version, the little weak version. This is not, oh, the Father was awesome. Jesus kind of sucks. We're kind of like, oh, I wish we had Jesus because the Holy Spirit is kind of lame. No, but he's saying here, it's the same presence of God that, that they held so dearly within the tabernacle. The fullness is the one that dwells among us and within us now. And yet they didn't recognize him. It's a scary thought that we might be living in the same way now that they were not aware of the presence of God that was dwelling among them. For us, maybe we're not aware of the, the very real presence of God that dwells among us and within us as, as believers. That we might miss God encounters on, on every day while well, well, we're waiting for something else. We're missing out on the transformation that He has for us because while well, we're looking, we're looking for something else. And He goes, hey, if you'd got down from the tree and well, I'm here, but I don't want to be God near you. I want to be God with you. Just, I don't want to be God just around you. I don't want to be God kept on a Sunday. I'm not just, I'll be there, but I'm not just for there. I'm not just God in the spiritual week. I'm not just God while you're fasting. I want to be God with you on every single day. And I think sometimes I fall into this category in John of going, well, his presence is there, and yet we might not know it. We can look at another time quickly as well in Matthew 13. We find Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth, nazareth Uh, and although he was very much there his presence was there it was god with them it was the people's response that impacted their experience with that presence of god the power of god was there in their midst and yet it was their response to the power that determined their experience with him in matthew uh, in verse 58 down the bottom there says and he did not do many miracles because of their lack of faith not that he couldn't he just didn't do many See, it was their response to the presence of God that determined their experience. And I think that we're in the same boat, church. Is that perhaps we are waiting for God in a different image. And we are waiting for God packaged differently for us. Waiting for God in a certain type of prayer, in a certain type of service, in a certain type of moment. When he's saying, hey, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you go through a valley, I'm still there. When you're on a mountaintop, I'm still there. When, when you're facing the enemy, I'm still there. When you're in the midst of sin, I'm still there. When you're having a really spiritual time, guess what? I'm still there. It's not, not your performance, it's my presence that matters. And that all of these situations can be God encounters. They can be transformative. They can be life-changing. You can just have, turn a mundane Monday into something that sets your life in a different trajectory. Why? Well, because God is with us. And it's our response to the fact that he is with us that will determine our experience with his presence and his power. On how much do we like this thing, Jesus visited Nazareth earlier and they just cast him out. And and Lucas says that they tried to throw him off a cliff. Now, I've never preached that bad yet. (laughs) Maybe if you don't hurry up, right? But here he comes back and this time people were impressed with his powers and his teaching and yet they still ultimately rejected him in their response, which meant they missed out. On what God wanted to do within them. I just wonder what, instead of waiting for a holy moment, it might happen if a church of people grabbed hold of that. Well, every moment could be miraculous, and every moment can be holy, and every moment could be forging us more and more into the image of Christ if I were to respond to have faith in the Son of God who is with me. That if I considered the King, not rather than I am solely the only one to consider. See, in each one of us, I think we need to make the decision that Zacchaeus ultimately had to make to get out of the tree we have to each make the decision that people of nazareth had to make and ultimately made incorrectly going well what do i do now that the god is with me because he doesn't just want to be god near you and in your midst but god within you and so we need to make this decision are are we going to step out of our safety net maybe get down out of the tree from a distance and just keep God there and just in a safe way? Would we be the people who who say, hey, God, I'm, I'm so thankful that you are with me, but guess what? I'm so happy to be with you as well. I'm gonna open it up. I'm going to make the decision to follow because we can be the disciples or we can be the spectators in the crowd. And Jesus is asking each one of us, would you be a disciple who follows? Would you be in my midst and mine in you? And our response to him and our response to him each day will determine our ongoing experience and when we say yes people who say yes to jesus they give him the opportunity to do what only he can do he brings the god factor church he brings the transformation factor he brings the healing he brings this kind of proximity brings freedom and joy and peace not from a tree not from a distance but when we go god i know you were with me and i'm going to respond and live knowing who it is exactly who is with me. So how do we respond, church? How will you respond? Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to be with us, to show us who you are, to give us a glimpse into your character, into your nature, into your power, into your grace and mercy for us, Lord. And I'm so thankful that right now you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Lord, you didn't leave us high and dry and you did not send a second class part of the Trinity to to be with us and dwell among us in the same manner that your very presence dwelt in the tabernacle. Lord, we didn't get a lesser version. Lord, but it's the very one. Lord, help us to remember. Help us to grab hold of this revelation. Help us in each day and every moment to respond in in a manner that suggests it is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is with me. That as I go about my daily life, I can see disciples being made. Why? Well, because authority has been given to you and you are with me. Lord, as I'm going through the valleys, that I don't have to fear. I don't have to panic. I know that I'm going to come through it. Why? Well, because you are with me. Lord, I know that the good work that you've started within me, that you will finish it. Not, be, not I will finish it, you will finish it. Why? Well, because you're with us. And I just pray for each person here this morning that as we go through this Christmas season and have all of the joy and the good things that come along with it, I pray that we are just so aware of your presence or that we respond in a manner that says the Son of God is here, that His Spirit is filling me and that that determines our experience of you. In Jesus' name.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.